incidents of travel in central america chiapas and yucatan volume two by john lloyd steffens this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by sue anderson the occupants of the hut were a man and woman who lived there rent-free like the eagle they had fixed their habitation where they were not likely to be disturbed while the men were unloading juan as an invalid asked permission to stretch his huge body before the fire but the woman told him there was more room out of doors i succeeded however in securing him a place inside we had an hour to wander over the top of the sierra it belonged to our friend don joaquin monte and was what would be called at home a pretty substantial piece of fast property at every step there was some new opening which presented a new view of the grand and magnificent in nature in many places between cliffs and under certain exposures were fine pieces of ground and about a half a mile distant a potrero or pasture ground for brood mares which we visited to buy some corn for our mules a vicious jack reigned lord of the sierra adjoining the occupied hut was another about ten feet square made of small upright poles thatched with branches of cypress and open on all sides to the wind we collected a quantity of wood made a fire in the centre had supper and passed a social evening the muleteers had a large fire outside and with their pack saddles and cargoes built a breastwork to shelter themselves against the wind fancy called up a picture of far distant scenes a small circle of friends perhaps at that moment thinking of us perhaps to tell the truth we wished to be with them and above all as we looked to our sleeping places thought of the comforts of home nevertheless we soon fell asleep toward morning however we were reminded of our elevated region the ground was covered with a hoar-frost and water was frozen a quarter of an inch thick our guide said that this happened regularly every night in the year when the atmosphere was clear it was the first ice we had seen in the country the men were shivering around a large fire and as soon as they could see went out to look for the mules one of them had strayed and while the men were looking for her we had breakfast and did not get off till a quarter before eight our road traversed the ridge of the sierra which for two leagues was a level table a great part composed of immense beds of red slate and blue limestone or chalk rock lying in vertical strata at ten o'clock we began to descend the cold being still severe the descent surpassed in grandeur and magnificence all that we had yet encountered it was by a broad passage with perpendicular mountain walls rising in rugged and terrific peaks higher and higher as we descended out of which gigantic cypress trees were growing their trunks and all their branches dead before us between these immense walls was a vista reaching beyond the village of san andres twenty-four miles distant 
a stream of water was dashing down over rocks and stones hurrying on to the atlantic we crossed it perhaps fifty times on bridges wild and rude as the stream itself and the mountains between which it rolled as we descended the temperature became milder at twelve o'clock the immense ravine opened into a rich valley a mile in width and in half an hour we reached the village of todos santos on the right far below us was a magnificent table cultivated with corn and bounded by the side of the great sierra and in the suburbs of the village were apple and peach trees covered with blossoms and young fruit we had again reached the tierras templadas and in europe or north america the beauty of this miserable unknown village would be a theme for poetry as we rode through it at the head of the street we were stopped by a drunken indian supported by two men hardly able to stand themselves who we thought were taking him to prison but staggering before us they blocked up the passage and shouted pasaporte pauling in anticipation and to assume his new character had tied his jacket around his waist by the sleeves and was dragging one of the mules by its halter not one of the three could read the passport and they sent for the secretary a bareheaded indian habited in nothing but a ragged cotton shirt who examined it very carefully and read aloud the name of rafael carrera which i think was all that he attempted to make out we were neither sentimental nor philosophical nor moralizing travelers but it gave us pangs to think that such a magnificent country was in the possession of such men passing the church and convent we ascended a ridge then descended an immense ravine crossed another magnificent valley and at length reached the indian village of san martin which with loveliness and grandeur all around us might have been selected for its surpassing beauty of position we rode to the cabildo and then to the hut of the alcalde the people were all indians the secretary was a bare-legged boy who spelled out every word in the passport except our names but his reading sufficed to procure supper for us and provender for the mules and early in the morning we pushed on again for some distance we rode on a lofty ridge with a precipitous ravine on each side in one place so narrow that our arriero told us when the wind is high there is danger of being blown off we continued descending and at a quarter past twelve reached san andres petapan fifteen miles distant blooming with oranges sapotes and other fruit trees passing through the village at a short distance beyond we were stopped by a fire in the woods we turned back and attempted to pass by another road but were unable before we returned the fire had reached the place we left and increased so fast that we had apprehensions for the luggage mules and hurried them back with the men toward the village the flames were creeping and crackling toward us shooting up and whirled by currents of wind and occasionally when fed with dry and combustible materials flashing and darting along like a train of gunpowder 
we fell back keeping as near as we could to the line of fire the road lying along the side of a mountain while the fire came from the ravine below crossing the road and moving upward the clouds of smoke and ashes the rushing of currents of wind and flames the crackling of burning branches and trees wrapped in flames and the rapid progress of the destroying element made such a wild and fearful scene that we could not tear ourselves away at length we saw the flames rush up the side of the ravine intercepting the path before us we spurred our horses shot by and in a moment the whole was a sheet of flame the fire was now spreading so rapidly that we became alarmed and hurried back to the church which on an elevation strongly defined against the immense mountain in the background stood before us as a place of refuge by this time the villagers had become alarmed and men and women were hurrying to the height to watch the progress of the flames the village was in danger of conflagration it would be impossible to urge the loaded mules up the hill we had descended and we resolved to deposit the luggage in the church and save the mules by driving them up unburdened it was another of those wild scenes to which no effect can be given in words we stopped on the brow of the hill before the square of the church and while we were watching the fire the black clouds and sheets of flame rolled up the side of the mountain and spared the village relieved from apprehension we sat down under a tree in front of the church to the calm enjoyment of the terrific spectacle and a cold fowl the cinders and ashes fell around and the destructive element rushed on sparing the village before us perhaps to lay some other in ruins we were obliged to wait two hours from the foot of the hill on which the village stood the ground was hot and covered with a light coat of ashes the brush and underwood were burned away in some places were lying trees reduced to masses of live coal and others were standing with their trunks and branches all on fire in one place we passed a square of white ashes the remains of some miserable indian hut our faces and hands were scorched and our whole bodies heated when we emerged from the fiery forest for a few moments the open air was delightful but we were hardly out of one trouble before we had another swarms of enormous flies perhaps driven out by the fire and hovering on the borders of the burned district fell upon the mules every bite drew blood and the tormentors clung to the suffering animals until brushed off by a stick for an hour we labored hard but could not keep their heads and necks free the poor beasts were almost frantic and in spite of all we could do their necks the inside of their legs mouths ears nostrils and every tender part of their skin were trickling with blood hurrying on in three hours we saw the church of san antonio de guista and in a few minutes entered the village beautifully situated on a tableland projecting from the slope of a mountain looking upon an immense opening 
and commanding on all sides a magnificent view at this time we were beyond the reach of war and free from all apprehensions with the addition of pauling's pistols and double-barreled gun a faithful muleteer santiago and juan on his legs again we could have stormed an indian village and locked up a refractory alcalde in his own cabildo we took possession of san antonio de guista dividing ourselves between the cabildo and the convent sent for the alcalde even on the borders of central america the name of carrera was omnipotent and told him to stay there and wait upon us or send an alguacil the convent stood adjoining the church on an open table of land commanding a view of a magnificent valley surrounded by immense mountains and on the left was a vista between two mountain ranges wild rugged and lofty losing their tops in clouds before the door of the convent was a large cross on a high pedestal of stone with the coating decayed and covered with wild flowers the convent was enclosed by a brush fence without any opening until we made one the padre was not at home which was very fortunate for him as there would not have been room enough for us all in fact everything seemed exactly intended for our party there were three beds just as many as we could conveniently occupy and the style of them was new they were made of long sticks about an inch thick tied with bark strings at top and bottom and resting on crotches about two feet high driven into the dirt floor the alcalde and his major had roused the village in a few moments instead of the mortifying answer no i there is none the provision made for us was almost equal to the offers of the turkish paradise twenty or thirty women were in the convent at one time with baskets of corn tortillas dulces plantains jocotes sapotes and a variety of other fruits each one's stock in trade being of the value of three cents and among them was a species of tortillas thin and baked hard about twelve inches in diameter one hundred and twenty for six cents of which as they were not expensive we laid in a large supply at this place our muleteer was to leave us we had but one cargo mule fit for service and applied to the alcalde for two carriers to go with us across the frontier to comitan he went out as he said to consult with the mozos and told us that they asked six dollars apiece we spoke to him of our friend carrera and on a second consultation the demand was reduced by two-thirds we were obliged to make provision for three days and even to carry corn for the mules and juan and santiago had a busy night boiling fowls and eggs chapter fourteen comfortable lodgings journey continued stony road beautiful river suspension bridge the dolores rio laguetero enthusiasm brought down another bridge 
entry into mexico a bath a solitary church a scene of barrenness zapolutla comitan another countryman more perplexities official courtesy trade of comitan smuggling scarcity of soap the next morning we found the convent was so comfortable we were so abundantly served the alcalde or his major staff in hand being in constant attendance and the situation so beautiful that we were in no hurry to go but the alcalde told us that all was ready we did not see our carriers and found that he and his major were the mozos whom he had consulted they would not let slip two dollars apiece and laying down their staves and dignity bared their backs placed the straps across their foreheads took up the loads and trotted off we started at five minutes before eight the weather was fine but hazy from the village we descended a hill to an extensive stony plain and at about a league's distance reached the brink of a precipice from which we looked down into a rich oblong valley two or three thousand feet deep shut in all around by a mountain wall and seeming an immense excavation toward the other end of the valley was a village with a ruined church and the road led up a precipitous ascent to a plain on the same level with that on which we stood undulating and boundless as the sea below us it seemed as if we could drop a stone to the bottom we descended by one of the steepest and most stony paths we had yet encountered in the country crossing and recrossing in a zigzag course along the side of the height perhaps making the descent a mile and a half long very soon we reached the bank of a beautiful river running lengthwise through the valley bordered on each side by immense trees throwing their branches clear across and their roots washed by the stream and while the plain beyond was dry and parched they were green and luxuriant riding along it we reached a suspension bridge of most primitive appearance and construction called by the natives la amaca which had existed there from time immemorial it was made of osiers twisted into cords about three feet apart and stretched across the river with a hanging network of vines the ends fastened to the trunks of two opposite trees it hung about twenty-five feet above the river which was here some eighty feet wide and was supported in different places by vines tied to the branches the access was by a rude ladder to a platform in the crotch of a tree in the bottom of the amaca were two or three poles to walk on it waved in the wind and was an unsteady and rather insecure means of transportation from the centre the vista of the river both ways under the arches of the trees was beautiful and in every direction the amaca was a most picturesque looking object we continued on to the village and after a short halt and a smoke with the alcalde rode on to the extreme end of the valley and by a steep and stony ascent at twenty minutes past twelve reached the level ground above here we dismounted 
slipped the bridles of our mules and seated ourselves to wait for our indians looking down into the deep embosomed valley and back at the great range of cordilleras crowned by the sierra madre seeming a barrier fit to separate worlds free from all apprehensions we were now in the full enjoyment of the wild country and wild mode of travelling but our poor indians perhaps did not enjoy it so much the usual load was from three to four arrobas seventy-five to one hundred pounds ours were not more than fifty but the sweat rolled in streams down their naked bodies and every limb trembled after a short rest they started again the day was hot and sultry the ground dry parched and stony we had two sharp descents and reached the river dolores on both sides were large trees furnishing a beautiful shade which after our scorching ride we found delightful the river was about three hundred feet broad in the rainy season it is impassable but in the dry season not more than three or four feet deep very clear and the color a grayish green probably from the reflection of the trees we had had no water since we left the suspension bridge and both our mules and we were intemperate we remained here half an hour and now apprehensions which had been operating more or less all the time made us feel very uncomfortable we were approaching and very near the frontier of mexico this road was so little travelled that as we were advised there was no regular guard but piquets of soldiers were scouring the whole line of frontier to prevent smuggling who might consider us contraband our passports were good for going out of central america but to go into mexico the passport of the mexican authorities at ciudad real four days journey was necessary turning back was not in our vocabulary perhaps we should be obliged to wait in the wilderness till we could send for one in half an hour we reached the rio laguitero the boundary line between guatemala and mexico a scene of wild and surpassing beauty with banks shaded by some of the noblest trees of the tropical forests water as clear as crystal and fish a foot long playing in it as gently as if there were no fish hooks no soldiers were visible all was as desolate as if no human being had ever crossed the boundary before we had a moment's consultation on which side to encamp and determined to make a lodgment in mexico i was riding pauline's horse and spurred him into the water to be the first to touch the soil with one plunge his forefeet were off the bottom and my legs under water for an instant i hesitated but as the water rose to my holsters my enthusiasm gave way and i wheeled back into central america as we afterward found the water was ten or twelve feet deep we waited for the indians in some doubt whether it would be possible to cross at all with the luggage 
at a short distance above was a ledge of rocks forming rapids over which there had been a bridge with a wooden arch and stone abutments the latter of which were still standing the bridge having been carried away by the rising of the waters seven years before it was the last of the dry season the rocks were in some places dry the body of the river running in channels on each side and a log was laid to them from the abutments of the bridge we took off the saddles and bridles of the mules and cautiously with water breaking rapidly up to the knees carried everything across by hand an operation in which an hour was consumed one night's rain on the mountains would have made it impassable the mules were then swum across and we were all landed safely in mexico on the bank opposite the place where i attempted to cross was a semi-circular clearing from which the only opening was the path leading into the mexican provinces we closed this up and turned the mules loose hung our traps on the trees and bivouacked in the centre the men built a fire and while they were preparing supper we went down to the river to bathe the rapids were breaking above us the wildness of the scene its seclusion and remoteness the clearness of the water the sense of having accomplished an important part of our journey all revived our physical and moral being clean apparel consummated the glory of the bath for several days our digestive organs had been out of order but when we sat down to supper they could have undertaken the bridles of the mules and my brave macho it was a pleasure to hear him crunch his corn we were out of central america safe from the dangers of revolution and stood on the wild borders of mexico in good health with good appetites and something to eat we had still a tremendous journey before us but it seemed nothing we strode the little clearing as proudly as the conquerors of mexico and in our extravagance resolved to have fish for breakfast we had no hooks and there was not even a pin in our travelling equipage but we had needles and thread pauling with the experience of seven years roughing had expedients and put a needle in the fire which softened its temper so that he bent it into a hook a pole was on every tree and we could see the fish in the water all that we wanted was for them to open their mouths and hook themselves to the needle but this they would not do and for this reason alone we did not catch any we returned our men cut some poles and resting them in the crotch of a tree covered them with branches we spread our mats under and our roof and beds were ready the men piled logs of wood on the fire and our sleep was sound and glorious at daylight the next morning we were again in the water our bath was even better than that of the night before and when i mounted i felt able to ride through mexico and texas to my own door at home returned once more to steamboats and railroads how flat tame and insipid all their comforts seem 
we started at half-past seven at a very short distance three wild boars crossed our path all within gunshot but our men carried the guns and in an instant it was too late very soon we emerged from the woods that bordered the river and came out into an open plain at half-past eight we crossed a low stony hill and came to the dry bed of a river the bottom was flat and baked hard and the sides smooth and regular as those of a canal at the distance of half a league water appeared and at half-past nine it became a considerable stream we again entered a forest and riding by a narrow path saw directly before us closing the passage the side of a large church we came out and saw the whole gigantic building without a single habitation or the vestige of one in sight the path led across the broken wall of the courtyard we dismounted in the deep shade of the front the facade was rich and perfect it was sixty feet front and two hundred and fifty feet deep but roofless with trees growing out of the area above the walls nothing could exceed the quiet and desolation of the scene but there was something strangely interesting in these roofless churches standing in places entirely unknown santiago told us that this was called conata and the tradition is that it was once so rich that the inhabitants carried their water jars by silken cords giving our mules to santiago we entered the open door of the church the altar was thrown down the roof lay in broken masses on the ground and the whole area was a forest of trees at the foot of the church and connected with it was a convent there was no roof but the apartments were entire as when a good padre stood to welcome a traveller in front of the church on each side was a staircase leading up to a belfry in the centre of the facade we ascended to the top the bells which had called to matin and vesper prayers were gone the cross-piece was broken from the cross the stone of the belfry was solid masses of petrified shells worms leaves and insects on one side we looked down into the roofless area and on the other over a region of waste one man had written his name there joaquim ruderigos conata may first eighteen thirty six we wrote our names under his and descended mounted rode over a stony and desolate country crossed a river and saw before us a range of hills and beyond a range of mountains then we came upon a bleak stony table and after riding four hours and a half saw the road leading across a barren mountain on our right and afraid we had missed our way halted under a low spreading tree to wait for our men we turned the mules loose and after waiting some time sent santiago back to look for them the wind was sweeping over the plain and while mr catherwood was cutting wood pauling and i descended to a ravine to look for water the bed was entirely dry and one took his course up and the other down pauling found a muddy hole in a rock 
which even to thirsty men was not tempting we returned and found mr catherwood warming himself by the blaze of three or four young trees which he had piled one upon another the wind was at this time sweeping furiously over the plain night was approaching we had not eaten anything since morning our small stock of provisions was in unsafe hands and we began to fear that none would be forthcoming our mules were as badly off the pasture was so poor that they required a wide range and we let all go loose except my poor macho which from certain roving propensities acquired before he came into my possession we were obliged to fasten to a tree it was some time after dark when santiago appeared with the alforgas of provisions on his back he had gone back six miles when he found the track of juan's foot one of the squarest ever planted and followed it to a wretched hut in the woods at which we had expected to stop we had lost nothing by not stopping all they could get to bring away was four eggs we supped piled up our trunks to windward spread our mats lay down gazed for a few moments at the stars and fell asleep during the night the wind changed and we were almost blown away end of section sixteen